You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the cultural exchange radio show between two adult men and a young person who's old enough to drink and drive, but never both at the same time because it is dangerous and could put her own life and those of others at risk. Like not wearing a mask to avoid spreading the coronavirus. But whereas people in general abide by common sense when it comes to driving a car safely, sadly many people don't feel the same way about reducing the risks of contagion of a deadly virus. Today we shall offer our humble opinions on the recent kerfuffle regarding Joe Rogan's podcast and Neil Young removing his entire catalogue from Spotify, which has inspired Mayer by Verdu to talk about brocasts, podcasts made by bros. To counterbalance so much male testosterone, I'd like to recommend the film Lizzie, starring Chloe Sevigny and Kirsten Stewart, and Ben has snippets from his chat with Kate LeBon about making the making of Pompeii, our album of the week. Andale! a snippet from Kate LeBon's Remembering Me from Pompeii, our album of the week, which we shall talk about further on in the show. But now we start talking about podcasts. Everybody has one. There are endless hours of audio content made from every kind of personality with many, many views regarding all sorts of topics. And among the oceans of podcasters, one stands high above the rest with multi-million exclusivity deals on streaming platforms. Mr. Joe Rogan, the king of the broadcast. Mar Viverdu has the blowdown mm. on this. Tell us about the last bastion of toxic masculinity in mainstream media. I don't want to, but I have to. Like <laughs> My villain origin story has happened this week and is being deprived from Johnny Mitchell music on Spotify because of a man, mm. of course, and not any man, which would still be bad enough. Um, but Joe Rogan, out of <laughs> all people. Yeah, I'm I'm in my Joker era. I'm I'm going <laughs> feral on everybody because of I don't have um, more Johnny Mitchell because of this man. Well, this week I have been forced to look right in the eye of the world of podcast bros against my will. Of course, I I would never want to <laughs> take a deep dive, but I have been forced, and not by just one incident like the Johnny Mitchell one, but two. And and three and four, like it's been, I, I've been forced to to get out of my bubble because obviously I, I live in a bubble and in my world, podcasts are just the podcast RPS puts out. So <laughs> the Forme Semanal, Ciberlocutorio, Genda Merda, Oye Polo, the weekly review, the greatest podcast of all time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and of course, just a couple more like Emma Chamberlain um, podcast and my favorite duo of Drag Queens podcast. That's everything that exists in my world. That's, uh, that's why everybody loves podcasts. Podcasts are great. Well, there's more than that, apparently. 
and 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 there's a whole other world of of podcasts about men just saying things and people <laughs> are willing men to listen <laughs> people are willing to listen to that and it's mind blowing to me and um, and i have uh, that's what i have discovered this week the the world of podcast bros which i have been lucky enough to avoid until now but um just uh, as i have been forced to look into it i will force you to look into it with me oh, because <laughs> I, th there's a lot to unpack, unfortunately. Um, let's begin with Joe Rogan, shall we? Yes. Amazing, interesting. Uh, what a man. Um, bring it, bring it, bring it. <laughs> which is a typical bro thing to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you bringing it? Are you bringing it to the table? We'll bring, bring it some it. more. Bring it. <laughs> God damn it. That's the energy I, I need for to talk about this. But this is... This man, Joe Rogan, has one of the most is the host of one of the most listened to podcasts airing in the world right now because uh, he has the most listened to podcast in the U.S. But even in Spain, I went to the, through the charts on Spotify of the most listened to podcast, and he's still in the top ten, even though he has a an English speaking podcast in here. So there's a lot of people that listen to him, and and if you're a person that doesn't listen to Joe Rogan, I hope so. I'm going to just briefly summarize who this man is and what his show is about. And it's basically just him interviewing conspiracy theorists and right-wing celebrities. And I use the first time I knew about him, I think it was because he, uh, all the memes about Elon Musk smoking weed in his show and yeah. saying like, yeah. But he also had Miley Cyrus. Yeah, it's yeah. confusing. He had Barack he, Obama, didn't he? he had, he's interviewed everybody. He's right? interviewed everybody, but now he's decided he wants to be evil and and just interview very bad people. And now his show now is basically like I think what he did was gather a lot of people, and once they were hooked, he decided now that I have all these people, I'm just gonna bring evil um the worst thing in the planet earth and and just make my thing being the the worst human ever so he has now only conspiracy theories and right-wing celebrities while <laughs> using racist and transphobic and homophobic language that's his podcast you might also know him um by some of his opinions on cancel culture like saying it is just a tool to silence straight white men which one can only wish, but it's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not what it is, but uh, um, I'm on Jobs Rogan team. I'm, I'm wishing this will sometime happen. And his new favorite thing, which is spreading COVID misinformation. Mm -hmm. Amazing. That sounds like a great podcast to listen to. Is, uh, can I just in interject there, right? Have you... Uh, I haven't listened to much Joe Rogan. I listened to a bit, and this was kind of before all of this, because it was like the biggest podcast in the world. It's mm -hmm. like... Why do people listen to this? It was, it was, I, it was, I think it's because he he manages to sound like uh, the average Joe. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so he, he asks people like... Uh, he, I saw the one he did with Michael Pollan, which is the writer who specializes in a lot of uh, food uh, food history and psychedelic drugs research and stuff and his own experiences with it. You know, it was a very interesting like three-hour chat. And Joe Rogan asks the kind of questions that... An, uh, a, a normal person would ask like without being an expert or so he he has a strong relatability especially for the kind of um, you know I, I don't know, just a, just yeah, a regular... I, uh, I, I believe you because I, I haven't listened to any of it. Well, that's, that, that explains his success, obviously, that, it, that he, he, he is appealing to the, but to the mass. 
appearance is not like a very charismatic. He's just a a normal guy yeah, but, in America. But a, a normal guy, like more like a southern, not southern. That sounds like racist, but um, like that type of person that is not very open-minded. Like his appearance looks like he would be very not open-minded like what he actually is but that's quite surprising i think he has a huge american flag in the back of his setting and yeah. all of that it's like what yeah so, so he's appealing? a mix he can be very chuggy uh he's a he he's not a himbo because he he he's, he's got a lot of <laughs> he's spark, a podcast bro <laughs> but he he could be david putty for the the science elaine's boy best boyfriend on seinfeld you know he's he used to present he he was he became very popular when he presented a, a tv show called fear factor you know where they put <gasps> snakes in in a cage with people is that kind he of, that man yes oh so, he, but he yeah he, he, he did a 180 and all of a sudden he became like the biggest podcaster ever so he has that very he's like a manly man he's yeah. the man's man you know he's like a guy who you could imagine spending time in a forest but he looks like that the kind is of guy not who very could. appealing at and it, it is for it is for apparently it is but i thought we were we advanced past the need of manly men in 2022 but apparently not and he's um, allegedly a comedian allegedly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he does stand up he every does stand man up. thinks they're a comedian like i have never laughed at a man joke oh my god <laughs> really <laughs> I'm very mad this week. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Uh, I've got a joke I'm, for you. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to laugh. That's uh, We're going to have to. That's going to be a section. How, try and make Mar laugh. <laughs> I've got a joke for you, Mar. But I'll okay. do it later. I don't okay. want to interrupt your flight. Anyway, continue. Yes. yes. We've, we've interrupted I'm, I'm, Just so you get the idea of the guest he recently has. Maybe he had greater guests before but now he has people like jordan peterson the the recent the most recent guest who is a psychologist and former university of toronto professor who left his place at the university because he uh, quoted uh, academia is overly obsessed with diversity inclusivity and equality which he's shortened to die like <laughs> diversity inclusivity and equality oh, he God. also thinks climate is not a thing not climate, climate change, change. What? Climate as a whole. Oh. Not a thing. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as no, climate. No. Well, what, what's like the stuff around us then? Like uh, when it's cold and then it's warm. And no, that's not a thing. You made it up <laughs> oh for just God. now. You this, just guy teaches, <laughs> this guy teaches at the University of Toronto. Well, he former. Also, wasn't he the bloke that like hung out with Mumford and Sons? Huh? Um, didn't Mumford and Sons get cancelled because he hung out hung out with them? Maybe it's it could <gasps> no, be. No, one of them, one of the Mumford and Sons had to, I think, quit the band or take time off because he was also posting a oh lot of theories God, from, and I think it's because he was talking a lot with this man or chatting with with a no, university. No, they, they had a picture with him. They had a oh, picture damn. with with, uh, with Jordan Peterson. No more Mumford and Sons. Well, was there any Mumford and Sons before? I mean, I got rid of them in 2000, and <laughs> whenever they emerged, I think. Well, climate is not a thing, and racism isn't either. So, congratulations, we made it 2022. There's no more oh, racism. He, also, he denies because, racism? Yeah, because race is not a thing. When we talk about white and black people, it's not accurate because they're not white they're actually a bit tan so not, not no racism because black and white black people don't exist so i'm, I'm not even going to go into that because i've just looked up what climate actually is defined as it's the long-term pattern of weather in an area how can you say that doesn't exist that doesn't like, exist weather exists patterns exist and long term exists like how can how can climate not well, exist? i'm sure he must have a theory to to so, so, you know to substitute the common theory of what climate is no they must never mind anyway okay we so 
basically, you know, he's that. Yeah, we get. He's trying to sell a book, maybe. You don't even know why why he went there just to be annoying. And another person, interesting person, a three-hour-long special episode with Robert Malone, a scientist turned vaccine skeptic. Nice. Um, yeah, you can never underestimate the power of an entire white man with a microphone to lower even your already low expectations. And that's <laughs> Joe Rogan's job and he's amazing at it. Are you enjoying being in the studio with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you don't end, you're not a podcast, bro. I'm not... Yeah, you... If someone would give me $100 million, I'd probably... I'd probably <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm going. So where's the news here? Yeah, just a man saying BS on a broadcasting show he has, whatever, it's not new. But the thing is, Joe Rogan is not just a random with a microphone who managed to get a massive audience. He's actually paid by Spotify because back last year or two years ago, oh my God, two years ago, yeah. um, he Spotify gave him a, an exclusive deal and paid him a hundred million dollars <laughs> to put him on, on, on just Spotify. And yep, uh, people are mad at Spotify that they're allowing this kind of content to go through his plat their platform because it's not like if we were a horrible podcast show and we were saying very bad stuff they would be like oh that's um, Radio Primavera sounds problem not ours it, we're not the like the bosses of the weekly review but in this case they actually are the 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 in charge of what they're putting out in their exclusive content and they're not doing much to 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 stop misinformation or, or stuff they have Joe Rogan has been spreading to massive to a massive audience so that's why artists have had to take action upon themselves because nobody's doing anything and that's why Johnny Mitchell and Neil Young have decided to pull their music out of the platform citing the misinformation about covid being spread by these men who shall not be named do you know i love the fact that neil young did this because he he basically he said like uh, I don't actually have the right to pull uh, my music from Spotify, but I'm sure they're going to do it. And he, he, you know, he's he's like not like saying this is me being great and doing a really big thing. It's just like, look, you can have Neil Young, or, or you can have him, him who shall not be named. <laughs> and like, you know, and it's just like, yeah, take your choice. You know, have 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 him or have and me. And for I'm, the first time in maybe history, uh, the record label actually supported him. No, and 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 withdrew or 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 said they were going to withdraw yeah. the music. Losing a lot of money, a lot of money from bad. from those non streams on that mm. massive platform. Do you know what's awful? Like if you Neil Young, uh, some of his music is still on Spotify through like terrible compilations. There's this compilation which has a cat like which is something like sad songs. If you look for Neil Young on Spotify, you come with a compilation which is called I think it's sad songs and there's a cat on the cover. <laughs> I hate it when you look for a song and there's only like the karaoke version and it's someone yeah. else's like really watered shitty vocals on it or something and you're looking for this amazing tune. Uh, it, but it just looks absolutely awful but you can still find sort of some of his uh some of his greatest hits via this terrible but terrible we will not Sorry, do that anyway. because we're supporting his decision not to listen to his music on spotify until they do something about it well they Which have haven't they well now they put they a have, they disclaimer have no the way to to say like oh yeah we're doing something but it's like they will not do anything that really impacts joe rogan joe rogan oh, will no. be never be held accountable for anything because he has what matters the numbers the numbers and and they're huge numbers so they will not touch him they just said oh yeah we're working on other content advisors on to every podcast yeah. that includes a co covid discussion which means it's like 
the little flag you get on Instagram whenever someone talks about COVID, like a, a little yeah, like, information a little, like, card. Yeah. Like that, nobody clicks on that and that doesn't change anything. They're just rubbing everything under the rug and, and saying like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Haha, <laughs> we, but we don't want to be put in the middle of this discussion. But it reminds me of uh, Disney, how uh, some of the films that they made in the in the past might have r things that are now too racist, you know, or mm. and now they just put a disclaimer rather than uh, editing out scenes that were shot. You know, a lot of people argue that, look, let's not forget that there was a time when uh, black people were seen as Uh, it was accepted yeah. to see them as slaves in a movie or whatever. Uh, but just put the disclaimer and it's like, look, this is a historical archive. You know, this But is this is good because it has it's a historical archive. Joe Rogan is recording the podcast now. Like we can that's a big difference. Yeah, tell yeah, yeah. him now like, hey, that's not actually true. You should not say facts that are not true on a very huge platform. But uh, hang on. The, from what I... I haven't listened to those episodes, but I get this... From the stuff that I have seen of Joe Rogan, he mainly acts as an interviewer. I, I don't... He, he, and he does share his own kind of personal views. You know, he's like, well, I think, you know, and stuff. But it's just a... It's a podcaster with an opinion. Like, I, I, I like to think that people but are intelligent uh, to say... But spreading COVID misinformation. Like, there's many clips of him saying facts that have not been proven about uh -huh. the vaccine and stuff so that's actually dangerous especially in a place like the u.s which is i yeah. don't think they're very into the vaccine a, a few a part of the, the the people that live there are not really into it so it's dangerous america I, I always seems to be polarized like it's never like uh 70 believe this and 30 it's always like a 49 51 you know everything they, they can never agree on anything i think one one thing that actually made a lot of sense when, when i was reading about it is both um neil young and Joni mitchell had polio when you were younger so like you mm. can imagine like if if someone's like Oh yeah, let's you know let let's not vaccinate people. If you like survive polio, you're just gonna be thinking, will you shut I up? Like know you know, that. kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a better idea for Spotify okay. to to change this, and it's, get ready for it. <laughs> let's forbid men from buying microphones. Let's <laughs> <laughs> deprive Rob, <turn> men. <laughs> let's deprive men of microphones 2022. And you two don't count. I just need this slogan to make my point. I think this is what we have to work towards. And 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 I'm convinced of this because Joe Rogan isn't just some random exception I have heard of this week. I have been flooded by podcast bros this week at, uh, on TikTok and, and I truly believe men shouldn't be allowed to have a microphone <laughs> because the other day I saw a, uh, on TikTok a viral video that ironically was po posted by Spotify official account which is like kind of hypocr uh, a hypocrisy move of them but whatever um, in which Instagram model Brittany Renner absolutely destroyed Freud, the host of a podcast called Fresh and Fit. Fresh and Fit. Yeah. And because of that, unfortunately, I had to dig a, a little bit of what the, mm, is Fresh and Fit and discovered this, I don't know how to call it, this podcast. And if you thought it couldn't get much worse than Joe Rogan, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Because Fresh and Fit, apart from a horrible name, is a podcast of a self self-branded as the number one male self-improvement podcast in the world okay. which already is like yes please lord give me strength because i know i'm i'm gonna 
collapse and uh, mm. here after listening to whatever they have to say about self-improvement podcast for men. Uh -huh. um, they present themselves as life coaches that teach men confidence so they can access fitness, money, and sex. Oh which basically means in podcast bro language, they get to be misogynistic and racist and make a living of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, no. men, they exist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go on. Have either of you seen just a brief interlude? Have either of you seen the the latest uh, series of Afterlife? Yes. Yes. Yeah, two, I, I thought the same thing. There's two characters, two like typical kind of brokers who come in with suits. I don't know why they go to the newspaper offices because they want promotion for their podcast. Oh yeah, oh. And, and they're and they're soup. They're exactly what you've just described. But like exaggerated by 10. It's brilliant. They're the worst people Maybe in the world, and they've got a podcast. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it, I found it very uh, telling. Yeah, so. it's it's actually very true to real life. Um, and I have a compilation of things they have said because to uh, their more their huge audience. It's not just a, a couple of incels who have access to a microphone. It's, mm -hmm. They have a huge audience just on YouTube alone. They have half a million subscribers. Mm, insane. And they have said things like, women in relationships shouldn't have Instagram because that is basically cheating. What? <laughs> and, and I thought, I'm going to make a list of the, the, in the most unhinged things they have said. But if I had to go through the pain of listening to this man, <laughs> I think I shouldn't do that alone. I no. think that's a collective work. And no. you should listen oh God, to them speak too, because I'm not going solo on on this war no please rob can we have a bit of them this men talking because women are not suited for war period you, you guys are not i mean it, it, you guys weren't really even able to enter the workforce until we gave you guys tampons and men invented that too by the way a high value woman does not exist without a man <coughs> um, there's side. no such thing as a high value woman that's independent so if you take women by themselves with no men the men are going to come in they're going to invade and they're going to either kill you off or turn you into slaves. The only reason women are able to exist is because they have men protecting them from other men that want to conquer. Men conquer. It's been that way since the beginning of time. Bro, if you want to date a bunch of Shaniquas, go for it, man. LaQuisha. Uh, yeah, like uh, uh, me and Fresh aren't really down with the brown nah, like that. Man. We ain't night Riders. Nah, so bro, I'm good. Uh, you know, sometimes if they're, you know, red bone, but like in general, me and Fresh uh, don't dabble in the dark, if you know what I'm saying. I want to read my ears off. <laughs> oh, wow. my God. I, I want to die now oh my god but you see this is the trouble now i want to hear more just no <laughs> so you know when something is so, so bad, bad yeah i remember I, reading a book and uh, called uh, i hope they serve beer in hell by a guy called tucker max that is the most misogynistic book i read it so and and it was so you know so bad, yeah it, that, that you can't stop reading you know because it's like oh no he Sadly, did not i understand what you mean because it's like you know uh, yes, yes. But it, the cringe, is, you know, when you mm. just, just, the cringe is like, ah, I need a little bit more because I just can't believe people yes. can be so terrible. Okay, yeah. continue. I, I I just want to crawl back to the to the mar that I was a week prior <laughs> to this, the mar that believed the only podcast <laughs> existed were Emma Chamberlain's and the ones RPS puts out because the, knowing this exists and knowing it has such a, a huge audience, it oh, just God. I I. Cannot stress this enough. No more microphones for men 2022. Stop this. We, ha we have advanced past the need of men having a microphone. And for just to finish, um, I'm, we're going to listen to the, what Brittany Renner, the, the Instagram model that made them go viral because she finally confronted them and they, they didn't have anything else to say because it's so easy to just destroy them and, and their, 
their BS that they say all the time in their podcast. So let's listen to this woman finally confronting them. So I you want, tell us a little bit about yourself. Then. No, I think you know more about me than I do myself. So you're oh, saying, no, no obviously, obviously you do though, because you said that you warn guys about girls like me. So tell me about girls like me. Just Humor women me. in general. Like, I mean, well, no, a, but no, don't woman in general. Cause you literally specifically said before we got on here this was all conversation. that you, yeah, you did say that That's true. you warn guys about girls like me. So now that we're face to face, what kind of girl am I? You're not special. You're like other girls. That's the I'm not special. <laughs> like, so, you're like other women that are So like, what makes you special then? I never said I was. What do you gain from telling girls that they're not special? How does that make you feel? I mean, I know, everything, talking, is, I know we, everything is a joke, but I'm asking you a real question. So how does that make you feel? Because if I say you're that does something for me, right? If I insult you or if I tell you you're not special, you're forgettable. What does that do for me? No, but that doesn't, but that's what I'm saying. No, but I'm, but I'm saying what, if I call you, if I just say that again, you're forgettable. That's why I didn't want to do you guys' podcast. Forgettable. Hate the setup. Uh, the name is underwhelming. I didn't really see the value in it. Right? Heart of gold, those two jackasses do not have. Um, I love the way she's just like, it has a very underwhelming name. <laughs> <It's like> <laughs> <such a laughs> underwhelming and totally forgettable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's an audience for everything, I guess. And uh, I always think it's it's it sucks when we talk about these people because we end up giving them more publicity true, and true. they end up getting you know it's because this uh, the because she took them down i bet she increased their numbers yeah, didn't she yeah. so uh it's uh yeah uh, well that's the way the world works anyway how about we talk about album of the week something a bit sweeter oh that wash our wash our ears out yes it? clean clean our bodies from all this the uh, gunge um ben you you spoke to the welsh artist known as kate lebon not related to simon <laughs> from Duran Duran. No, 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 not related. So, um, yeah, I did. I spoke to her last week. I've been listening to the album for uh, for a few weeks, basically, and um, I really, really enjoyed it. It was one of the, it's 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 like really weird and languorous and kind mm. of kind of it's it's really addictive. It's really strange. Like it's one of those albums that you kind of get to the end and you just have to put it on again because it puts you in a really particular mood and like it's like. It puts you in the kind of mood, and then you're like, you get to the end, like, I want some more of that mood. There's kind of like nothing else that that will do. I can't think of anything else that, that would go after it, which I I yeah. I really really enjoyed. It, it's been weird because I like I, I there was a review of it in the Observer, and it basically said like it, it's very much like a lock sounds like a lockdown album, which I can kind of agree with. And it's like well, and the review basically said whether anyone wants to actually revisit that period of of the lockdown. I really don't know, which is a good point. But like, I and I remember a time when I wanted to listen to anything but lockdown albums. You know, I wanted to listen to anything but like, you know, I wanted to listen to things of people like getting out and lots of people getting together and having fun. But this really kind of suits the sort of 
melancholy melancholy mood um and also it sounds a lot better as an album like if you kind of like did, yeah. at first when i was listening to songs of it it's like this is pretty good but when you actually put it all together yeah um it's absolutely brilliant it's cohesive yeah i love the song french boys and it, it just took me to the cocktail twins that guitar sound is just pure robin guthrie kate lebon is obviously a she must be a a a, a Cocteau Twins fan or a Liz Fraser fan or or just a Robin Guthrie maybe she just said look I want a guitar that sounds like like Guthrie's uh, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that kind of dream pop and and songs about French boys it's you know I found it quite funny as well I uh, got sort of some distinct David Bowie vibes from it as well there's a lot of saxophone which is quite Yeah good. you asked her but you kind of cornered her about the saxophone Yeah well no no <laughs> I, I, okay. almost shaming her a little bit the, the sax is great. Kenny G. Oh, you had to come back to Kenny G, didn't you? <laughs> no, but what I think my point was in the interview, which you can hear later on today, uh, is that like the saxophone in popular music has a very um, weird history. Like, I'm not talking about jazz. In jazz, like a, you know, saxophone is one of the most important instruments, and John Coltrane, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like a lot of saxophones in popular music are a bit rubbish. Like, and I'm thinking back to you know, like those typical '80s songs where like someone, someone would like let rip on the saxophone. It sounded like a sort of you know advert for like sanitary products or something like that, and it was really, really bad. And I, I kind of really like the way. She doesn't use it. I think she says, like, the, the saxophone brings the sadness, which I think is an absolutely lovely thing to say. And I kind of know what she means. It's, like, kind of, like, quite uh, spectral and in the background. There's just this sort of, like, slight touch of saxophone looming like a kind of sad ghost. Doesn't it, doesn't it happen to... Maybe Mara doesn't have that visual reference, but when you hear, like, a melancholy kind of saxophone, doesn't, don't you just imagine New York City at night? Like, even if it's the, the shittier kind of sax sounds... You know, like that kind of late night radio, you know, New York City. <laughs> I always imagine like, you know, smoke coming out of the potholes in the street, you know, vapor, sorry. And uh, I don't know, and taxi cabs and lonely people in the city. I, I didn't get that. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I, I, I didn't get that from, from this. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a trumpet. Yeah, <laughs> but he's making you know, he's making saxophone <laughs> gestures. No, you know, no. Now that 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 can be such a turnoff, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Don't ever like. Whereas air guitaring in a in a bar is uh, it's moderately acceptable. Whenever I see someone do the 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 the, the more like the trumpet, like mime the trumpet in no, a house. You're playing music an oboe. Song. You're playing an oboe at that stage. Hang I on, think. what's yeah. this? This is a French that's an, horn. That's an oboe. Oh, oboe. Well, there. or when. It, Okay, the the sax would be like you know if you yeah, mimic a bit, a bit it, lower down, yeah. your, your your hands are like vertical, no. But whenever I see people do this in a club, it's such a turnoff. I remember. It. Do people do that in clubs? Oh, oh that is like, brilliant. You know, especially in house music, when you get a like, you know, the horns and people just like hear horns and they do the little like, it's like no no no. It's like she did the horn. I had to leave. You know that kind. Of, I know a story of a friend who who stopped like walked out on a date because she did the she mimicked like playing a kind of a horn instrument that's so specific i love it i know walks it's like, out on a date and 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 i was thinking i've become such a punce because i read I'm, i'm really enjoying jazz music now and and sometimes when i'm DJing like a jazz track or whatever i'll even mimic the drums as if i knew how to play drums like a jazz musician and i think it's really pathetic of me to do it because people think because i'm black i automatically must know how to play jazz drums so it's like 
when I'm DJing in these like fancy five star hotels, people are looking at me like, oh yeah, he's, he's the jazz <laughs> he's playing that, yeah. swinging. Like, oh my like, god, keeping rhythm, you know, like as if I'm in Whiplash or something. And it's like I'm such a phony. Sorry. <laughs> Continue, Ben. Kate Lebon. Yes. So no, hang on. Before we come back to this, can I just ask what what instruments is it is it all right to play air versions of? You said the guitar's okay, drums okay, no, bass. I, I like okay. air bass sometimes. The bass, the bass. If you do the, <laughs> if you you know with the 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 high slung bass yeah. when you've got when you play the bass like Sting close to your chest, I wish I had a more jazzier reference. But you know that that can become like a like a move. You know like like you're you know you've got your hand close to like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know like a little claw against one of your nipples, and then the other one's like in the there like mm, leading the leading the crowd. The guitar is a little bit wanky because it looks like you're literally you know, <laughs> masturbating or whatever. So I don't know. But there's something about the the flute or the the the, the horn instrument with the fingers and like they're there's seducing the you. So hang on, if you were on a if you were on a date, I know you're not going to be on a date because you know etc. etc. Et but uh, like if <laughs> if you were on a date, right? And you were in a club and you started doing some air drums and the person you were with started doing air saxophone, would you walk out? Because yes. that would be incredibly harsh. I think... I, 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 After it, what you said, you... you sorry, I'm just going to get my coat. I would, I would never walk out. I'm not that rude, but, but I would have the conversation afterwards. Like Afterwards, it's like, look, I know I did the air drum and you might think that I know how to play the drums, but it was a total farce, but don't ever... Do the the horn instrument again on the dance floor to me? Yeah. It's just a turn off. Sorry, I shouldn't. Oh, I was going to do a link from the bass because this album that we're meant to be talking about <laughs> <laughs> was largely composed on the bass, which is very nice. Oh, yeah! Wow, she can. What? But when she plays live, does she usually play the bass? I'm not sure. Like I, I because I um I do know her music quite well, but I, I don't. And I have seen her live. It was a while ago. Uh, I don't think she plays bass. No, and I didn't know if she normally composed on the bass. It's quite unusual. And obviously, really? I got very strong, like Paul McCartney uh, in in Get Back uh, lives. But she hasn't seen it. Uh, sadly, <laughs> yes, she didn't see it because yeah. I, I liked how her answer is like, uh, if and are you going to play that clip? No. Okay. No. So she in the interview she says like, oh yeah, people re recommended. Oh, you're making an album. You should definitely watch Get Back. And someone said, don't ever watch that movie yeah, yeah. if you're <laughs> making an album because it. It kind of just destroys you that, that you're not like as great as Paul or John or George or even Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> no one's as good as Ringo. Exactly. Ma, did you like it? Yes, because it's exactly my cup of tea, the idea of like women looking, intelligent looking women mm -hmm. that make sad music. I'm not, every woman is intelligent, <laughs> but you understand the vibe. Like She's dressed she's, as a nun. Yeah, she's dressed as a nun. She's kind of um, in the mid-skis um, yeah. world, which I'm not. I'm not comparing women. I I I just you understand the vibe that she falls into, and and I love that. I love that, and of course I I love the album. Did it make you think of a sort of pandemic and and being confined and all that kind of? I thing? I just thought about like I just thought it was like a sad album, but I didn't think about the pandemic and all that stuff but maybe that's my fault i didn't listen to it properly or something no no it's not no no right or wrong i'm just sort of wondering uh should we play i got a couple yes. of clips from the interview as i said it's going on later uh firstly uh, i asked her because there, there's a line in in this album that i really like every fear that i have i send it to pompeii and so i i thought i'd ask her about you know how the album uh got its name rob can we have clip one please 
The name. I wanted to ask about the name, if I may. Like, it, it suggests yeah, something buried. Is that appropriate? Was, was that the idea? Um, no, I guess it was... Um, I mean, when I was starting to put the record together and um, it was kind of in the earlier days of making sketches and kind of making a plan for it and I was trying to find the right name for the record because it helps me if there's a name before um, I start kind of really working on something and I was listening to the radio and someone mentioned Pompeii and just in a kind of passing way but I couldn't stop thinking about it and thinking about um, kind of how it resonated with kind of everything that was going on and how I felt about things you know this kind of um, challenge of you know the, the perspective of time and um, you know this kind of permanence of a final gesture that is so private and has become so public and kind of gawped at and you know we're all putting our pain into it but maybe we're not really learning the lessons from you know the pain and um, you know it kind of has become like a, a playground for our fascination and we're all kind of going through this really complicated kind of time ourselves you know um it just felt like the kind of perfect setting see i loved interviewing her she's very very thoughtful she gives really really interesting answers uh to these to these kind of things um mm. uh, and i just love the idea i thought it was very interesting what she said about like, how she comes up with an album name first you know and then she kind of that that really helps her. not first but like kind of really helps her in in working on things and the other thing, uh, well, I asked her about many more things, but I also thought it was quite interesting um, what she said about composing on the bass. And you composed it um, mainly on, on the bass. Uh, mm -hmm. Excuse me, is that, is that how you normally write or was that a new thing for this? No, I think, um, I think you know, with everything that was uh, going on in, in the world, I think it was maybe a, a subconscious decision to kind of not wanting to to dwell and kind of fall into the pits of despair but to kind of choose an instrument that ensures that there's some kind of backbone that is um, persistent and um, there's a propulsion that exists you know and um, just to keep this pulse going through the record you know this kind of that's to me where the hope and, and curiosity is and and that's not to say that I've ignored the kind of grief and the melancholy of the time I think that the saxophones kind of satisfy that kind of element of, of everything that was going on. That is Kate LeBon with moderation. And I think for all the talk about playing air instruments and debating <laughs> about what instrument you're actually playing, we can say that's three, three, six thumbs up for the album, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Totally. You, you liked it, Johan? I liked it. Uh, as I say, anything that reminds me of Cocteau Twins or, or the Guthrie guitar sound is, or Dream Pop in general, 
is is right up my street. Again, not comparing, but if you're a lover of Why Is Blood, Way's Blood, mm. never the pronunciation right, uh, or who did you mention earlier? Mitski. Mitski, Mitski, I'm in love with the Mitski mm. album. Uh, this, you know, I could listen to these albums back to back and get in that lovely mood. If I was going to see her live, I'd definitely ask her, please play French Boys. Uh-huh. Ah, what, a, what a good link. Is you, it, you are such a pro. Is, is it, it acceptable to demand, uh, to petition for a song during a, a performance? Mar, what do you think? I didn't really think about it much. I feel like people, <laughs> not, I don't really care about it. Really, <laughs> no. You are just a man with a microphone. No. You? <laughs> Shut up. No, but uh, I, I before you... you brought up the question i i had never really put much thought into it and maybe it's maybe sh- it, people shouldn't do that maybe uh, i would feel bad if i was the musician i don't know i, I think it, it it okay i think it must be cool when a real diehard fan asks for like a really obscure b-side because then the the artist thinks wow cool you 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 know even stuff that i haven't released officially but or whatever maybe that's why they try to prove like look i know this one and yeah. the musician is like okay dude um i'm just doing my tour i put a lot of thought into the tracks i would play just shut up uh, yeah. i remember when kendall jenner tweeted back like in 2016 or something like that and i'm like um i'm going to coachella um i really want to see rihanna i hope she plays whatever a some song and rihanna responded to the tweet then don't come <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> whoa <laughs> what shade yeah shady shady how rude always, you, ah, is rihanna there? is always super shady by the way her. congratulations rihanna yeah. 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 they're gonna be ba- puppies they're Amazing. joining the club. The <laughs> yeah, they, club. they got jealous because you had one. They were like, we have to join the club. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw something about, oh, it's, uh, a, a friend of mine does things about uh, manifestors and generators and, you know, the energies of the body. And it's like, oh, why this is such a perfect example of manifesting. Oh, I, can't, I, don't know. I need to watch the post. Anyway, uh, it's f- this got me thinking. Yesterday I saw that this this Finnish rock dark rock band called the Rasmus are back. Uh, no. Yes. Oh oh. It's because they were very big in MTV. At the you know when I was working there and, and I have all these memories of all these crazy Rasmus fans uh, who were so passionate, and uh, they uh, it kind of links to this that we're talking about. Is it is it fu- um, is it okay to ask for songs? These poor buggers got bottled off Reading Festival. They only got to play one song. That's even worse. Right. You know, they because they, they, Reading was more known for like metal or, or I don't know. The lineup was all these like thrash metal bands and stuff. And all of a sudden you have the Rasmus who were much lighter, shall we say, in sound. And uh, they, got bottled, they got bottled and booed to an extent that they only got to play one song. That's really bad. I hope they picked up their check. Oh, yeah. That, I guess so. No, yeah, most, most likely. I don't know. Uh, See, I, uh, the reason I, I wanted to talk about this was because I was looking around on Reddit, basically, about, like, sort of gig etiquette and that kind of thing. And there was somebody saying, like, is it okay to shout the like, songs? And I've, ne- I've, I've, I've never thought, like, why would it not be okay? It always seems to me, like, absolutely fine. But it kind of reminds me of, like, when you first start going to, like, gigs and you're like... Oh, what what do I do here? Like, what do you, you know? And it's like you kind of like there's all these people who are like particularly like jumping up and down and washing around. Like, oh, I'm, 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 can I do that? Am I meant to do that? Am I meant to shout the name of songs and that kind of thing? Uh, and I, th- I I just found it very very interesting because I see absolutely nothing wrong with shouting out the name of a song. It's like if you don't want to play it, then 
well, you're not going to play it, are you? Just kind, of, just kind of ignore me. So I'm, I'm not going to shout it like permanently throughout the whole kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I think I think it's quite a good thing. I'm all in favour. Yeah. Myself. Because always, you know, it's it's that the one chance you have of being in the same room as an artist that you like or a fan of or you follow. You know, you're shouting. It's a it's a it's an act of love, I guess. The problem is if you become a heckler and it's like, oh, oh stop it with the B sides. Play the hit. You know, the play creep. Uh, play. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I think they do get annoyed. That's why they never played that song. Like, okay, you're gonna ask for it. Well, we're never gonna play it again. The best were your your air uh, air in playing in Madrid's La Riviera. People were heckling air. No, uh, they they everyone wanted them to play Sexy Boy, right? Sexy Boy, Sexy Boy. Between songs, Sexy Boy. And uh, JB Donkel, he just goes, shh, be patient. <laughs> and obviously they played it at the end, you know, but it's like, you know, like every, after we sung, everyone was like, sexy boy, sexy boy, be patient. Uh, yeah. Where do we stand on singing along? Because this entered into the oh, same... Oh, no, singing along is cool. That's like, what you go to a yeah. concert for. Well, let me let me read you the opinion of one competition firm. I uh, bet they were on, from on Barcelona. Red. No, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Might be. Don't be selfish and sing along to the songs. I don't go to a concert to have the voice of a karaoke singer next to me. Do whatever you want between songs. Okay, so if you have someone in your ear who sings badly and... and yeah, I, yeah, but that, you're not supposed to sing better than the singer. I'm going to sing very badly. I don't know how to sing, yeah. but I love the song. But you know when someone has like a loud voice? Yeah. I think you just have to move. You oh, have yeah. to move. Look, I remember seeing Devendra Barnhart not so long ago at Razmataz, and uh, at the back, some of the songs, you know, when it gets all acoustic and stuff, you the, the volume was a bit too low. And and people started complaining, like, oh, yeah, so the volume, volume, uh, put the volume up, which, you know, it wasn't to him, it was to the technician, I guess. But uh, so obviously that could be annoying if you can't hear the, you know, you're not getting the oomph of the live music and you're hearing some guy in the yeah. back, ah, <laughs> ah, singing in there in your ear. But you know the thing about playing the hits and how you're like, oh, yeah, it's so cool, they don't play Creep. I mean, yeah. they do now, but you, you know what I mean. I agree apart from when I go to a gig and then I want them to play the hits. You know, it's, it, I, I'm entirely um, hypocritical. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Radiohead don't play Creep. But then when I'm at Radiohead gig, I want them to play Creep. So I'm, I, I'm, you know. I didn't know I would enjoy it so much as when they played it in the last time they played Primavera Sound, which, by the way, they kind of are playing Primavera Sound 2022. The Smile have announced that they're going to be playing Primavera Sound uh, on one of the weekends and they will return further along on this on their European tour. They will return to Barcelona in July and play Madrid's Jardim Botanico as well. Tickets come out on Friday, this Friday, the 4th. Just the same day that Kate LeBond's album comes out, by mm -hmm. the way, we didn't mention before. Ah, so. Uh, and in fact, in Barcelona, they're playing uh, the venue where we had my wedding reception. Poble <laughs> Español? Yeah, yeah. And it's also where Primavera Sound was initially celebrated. I think we know what's more important here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you had your very what, in the whole in the square or just nah, like nah, a... in, the, in the monastery up top. <laughs> very good. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Was it very expensive to rent? It wasn't that no, bad. No. I mean, it wasn't cheap, but uh -huh. you know, like venues for a hundred people in Barcelona aren't aren't cheap. No, nope, you know what nope. I mean. Particularly when they see wedding coming along. Yeah, wedding is an incredible business here in in this part of the world. What else? Uh, that's it. I think. I, I, oh no! Oh, okay. oh I know, no! Sorry, that's not it. Beach, Beach House. House. They have a set list creator uh, on their website. Isn't that great? <gasps> so you can go in there and you can be like, I would like you to play this. Oh. Ah, there's, how does that work? Does that work by like city? Like, okay, we're going to be playing um, Boston. So people in Boston can decide the 
set list and then the most no do they just rank them you Ah. can basically um it allows you to choose uh sorry three of your favorite songs from their catalog and enter them um and uh basically sorry three songs they'd like you'd like beach house to play the show uh okay. that you're attending in in their upcoming tour oh, okay, okay and the band changes their set ni- set list nightly with some songs only being played a few times and there are no guarantees obviously but apparently they do you know they do have a look at it to see kind of what mm. people in like you know minnesota want to play it's rather nice, okay yeah, that's nice yeah. that's nice interactivity is always cool but you know people i always feel bad because a lot of people are very active online but a lot of people who go to the concert aren't so then it's like Oh, so the people who are online get the vo- you know get their wishes, but then people who just you know believe in the artist criteria or whatever. But it's another thing. Like some people in this same discussion were saying, like, oh, I like to go to setlist.fm to see what the band are playing before I go to see them. It's like oh, why, why would you do that? You know, it's like opening your presents like early. Yeah, or finding out the ending of a movie before mm-hmm. you go and watch it. Yeah. Speaking of movies, it might be time to talk about films, but let's listen. Oh, I see you've selected a song for this. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Okay, okay. Hot Chip with Keep Quiet. (laughs) Very fitting. something that could kind of happen in the movie that I'm going to talk about and recommend this week. This this film is so you, Johan. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I, it's don't, I, I would not expect it to be the kind of film I would have liked, you know, but don't you just love it when you watch a film you knew nothing about and it turns out to be a good movie? I Well, I would almost never watch a film I know nothing about these days because I see so few films that... Yeah. Usually you watch, like, something that you've... Yeah, yeah, you've got the, yeah, you know something yeah. that's been hyped or whatever. But sometimes you'll occasionally have the, especially with streaming films. You know, not cin- not going to the cinema, you know, but uh, streaming films sometimes like yeah, wh- whatever. This this looks good just from the cover or the actors or actresses who are in it. So I had this fortunate experience last week when, after scrolling on Just Watch and shifting from platform to platform, undecided, hoping to find a title that elicited a bit of excitement, we finally stumbled upon Lizzie on filming directed by Craig William McNeil and starring Chloe Sevigny and Kirsten Stewart. The film tells the true crime tale of the Lizzie Borden axe murders. My main attraction was Chloe Sevigny, who I have been a fan of since seeing her in Larry Clark's Kids in the 90s. She's, she's always managed to land roles in very interesting American indie cinema, flirted a bit with mainstream as co-star on HBO's Big Love about a polyamorous Mormon family, for which she won a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress in 2010, and even received an Oscar nod for Best Supporting Actress for the movie Boys Don't Cry alongside Hilary Swank, who did win that year for her role as real-life trans man Brandon Tina, who was brutally murdered. The last thing I enjoyed Sevigny in was Luca Guadagnino's miniseries We Are Who We Are, which we talked on on this very show, in which she plays a US military colonel, 
colonel on an American base in Italy with a teenage son who loves high fashion. In Lizzie, she plays the title character who suffers epileptic fits and lives in a bit of a suffocating household with her overbearing father, stepmother and sister. The film begins when they hire a new servant played by Kristen Stewart and a friendship grows between the two young ladies, a bond made stronger due to the abuses perpetrated by Lizzie's wealthy father. Some have tried to market this film as a horror movie, which is misleading. It is a thriller, it's a period piece, and it does get very tense at various points. The joy here is watching Stuart and Sevigny. Stuart's characteristic trait is conveying awkwardness. She's an actress that thrives in scripts with very little dialogue and heavy silences. Sevigny also manages to convey many emotions without opening her mouth. It's one of her best roles to date. The film could fall into the category of two female lovers in a period movie where the silences are as loaded as a lorry emptying the Euro Channel. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Ammonite. Ah, now Lizzie. They even made a parody sketch on SNL with Carrie Mulligan titled Every Lesbian Period Drama Ever, starring two straight actresses who dare not to wear makeup, 12 <laughs> lines of dialogue, two and a half hour runtime, featuring Academy Award winning glance choreography and Best Supporting Actress nominee, The Wind. Witness the world's saddest flirting and a scene where they draw each other and a build-up to a sex scene so explicit you know it's been directed <laughs> by a man. <laughs> so in this one, there's no drawing, but Lizzie does teach Bridget to read and write, so there are close-up shots of fingers across <laughs> pages and notes being written. They both wear their hair, hair tied up, but... That was the style back then. They weren't going to wear trucker hats, were they? Or pink fade hair like Mackenzie Davis in San Junipero, episode of Black Mirror. I enjoyed the film's slow pace, and I have very little patience for slow-paced movies. The slow pace, in general, is a farce. A pretentious way for young filmmakers to make audiences <laughs> think they are watching an art house masterpiece. My fickle attention span has been ruined by constant scrolling. All these wannabe Tarkovskys lose me in the third minute of the elongated opening shot of a field where we only see wind. But here, the slow pace in the interiors of the house they rarely leave during most of the film somehow works and the gory payoff catches you by surprise. The director is elegant in not being too graphic with other moments of distress or the intimate moments. So, by the time we get to the brutal historical events which made the Borgen family famous, my eyes were wide open in suspense. I strongly recommend it. And this gives me enough time to talk about It Girls. Because really, talking about a close Sevigny movie just gives me the excuse to talk about Chloe Sevigny, <laughs> right? Because I think she was the last true It Girl. Hang on, didn't we say there were some other It Girls recently? Uh -huh, but none. Oh, okay, all right. None, all right. Like, none like Chloe Sevigny. First of all, Chloe Sevigny never wrote or wrote about herself. It was always journalists who wrote about her, photographers who took pictures of her, um, 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 filmmakers who made films starring her or her in it, right? There was this kind of fascination with Chloe Sevigny and... Uh, she, she really defined what it was to be an it girl. She was a constant presence in trendy magazines like The Face or ID magazine in the 90s heyday. She was always at the front row of her friend Mark Jacobs fashion shows. She was the face of Kim Gordon's uber cool brand X-Girl. To me, 
Sevigny was the perfect embodiment of the end girl. She used to hang out with all the cool skater kids in New York, like Harold Hunter or Jeff Pang, all the New York kids. Um, and her, move, her indie movie career is full of iconic moments, like the scandalous one in The Brown Bunny with Vincent Gallo. Mm, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> see it. Uh, she was, uh, yeah, friends with all these cool people and stuff. And then this also got me thinking, thinking about the Beatrice Inn, the most trendy place on earth for a while in the two, early 2000s, run by her brother uh, in downtown New York, uh, in the West Side. So the Beatrice Inn was a restaurant turned into a club where it was very hard to get in, right? Even harder than Bergein, because Bergein can fit 1,500 people. This could only fit in a fraction. Now imagine New York, all these important people or whatever. This is so poncy, I should, I should say it in the voice of Stefan <laughs> from Saturday Night Live. Um, um, but it, it, there, there was this fascination with the Beatrice Inn. Even here in, in Spain, we were like, oh, it must be so cool to get into the Beatrice Inn and stuff. It was just a shitty bar located on <laughs> 285 West 2nd, 12th Street at the corner of West 4th Street. And now it is owned by Graydon Carter, the editor of Vanity Fair, he put money in to turn it into a really overpriced fancy restaurant where they do French dining and stuff and put caviar on everything and it's just really unimaginative. But anyway, uh, I digress. Um, yeah, Chloe Sevigny, she was the ultimate it girl. Um, uh, the Beatrice was a really cool place because it looked like uh, the Grey Gardens household. It, it had this kind of waspy upstate New York kind of decor, a little shitty dance floor on the top where people would DJ, but they wouldn't play club music or dance music. They'd play the kind of uh, guilty pleasures or music that you would listen to at home, not necessarily before going out. Uh, there's a legend that even Amanda Seyfried wasn't allowed in and she had to call, call Chloe Sevigny saying, girl, they won't let me in. Don't worry, I'll get you in. How would you not let Amanda Seyfried? Well, that was the door policy. You never knew who could get in or who not. It depended. You never know with these things. It's so poncy. All these clubs that people talk about. Oh, what do I do to get in? Paris, Le Baron, many years ago. Um, <laughs> Nasty in Madrid. You, anyone could get in nasty in Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> this list has gone a bit awry. Right? I know, I know. I've lost, I've lost the plot. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I, so yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my theory on Chloe Sevigny. It was just my little fan moment. What do you think would be the Beatrice in of Barcelona now, Mar? You're young and you go out and you're... I don't know. All the cool spots. I'm not cool. I'm, yes, uh, you are. Come on. <laughs> There's got to be a place where you're And everything's like, closed now. So we have to true. go to someone's place, which is very difficult to get in if you don't yeah. know the people. How now opened again stuff yeah not ah. yet not yet not yet but Next there week. will be announcements there will be announcements mm -hmm. and i think that's all we have time for there has been an annuncio rob tell me who nitsa nitsa come on who 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 is going to be opening the first too many djs amelie lens ellen alien not on the same day ah it's different days They've been lined up. Okay, he's, he's, he's telling me here through the mm -hmm. thing. Okay, so people in Barcelona, yeah. But Apollo, it's a cool place. It's one of the best clubs ever. But the, but the Beatrice Inn wasn't a club as per se. It was like a, a space where all these like interesting people and weird celebrities, Robert Pattinson before shooting Twilight was hanging around there. Uh, 
Prince apparently went there one night and then and he was like about to leave because he's like, this vibe sucks. And all of a sudden he's like, go up to the dance floor. And he stayed dancing all night. Can you imagine dancing with Prince in the Beatrice Inn's low ceiling club floor? I live for these kind of experiences. <laughs> ah, yes. And that's all we have time for. So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, don't heckle artists at their shows, but please ask for some. Uh, don't be a podcast, bro. Don't be a podcast, bro. Be better oh, than that. Yeah. Be better than that. Bring the best of you. <laughs> Let's be friends. Bye-bye.